Normals is sitting on the dryer. People like us, we don't get normal. There's nothing wrong with normal. We're just aiming for extraordinary. If you want to get the unnormal, you have to do the Here we are. Another episode of The Unnormal Show. Welcome to it. My name is Claire. And my name is Sam. And, and you are in the right place. You are in the right place. <laughs> and today it's our job, as always, to give you an inside look into the road less traveled to keep you feeling great, living big, and kicking ass. I think that is the smoothest that has ever come out of my mouth. <laughs> I think it is too. Starting to sound like a real thing. And you know what you get when you say that really, really smoothly? The perfect simultaneous, simultaneous sip. sip. Let's do it. Grab your mugs. Grab your chalice. Fill it with chaga tea or your beverage of choice and Cl- join us. And clank it with that person that you're quarantining Ooh. with. Mm. Mm. We're ready to get into it. Delicious. And today we're diving into part two we got a part two today for yeah you. we do this is a pretty juicy topic we had so many questions on this topic you guys that we <laughs> we sincerely thought we could fit this all into one episode and we absolutely could not mm-hmm. i think we got like maybe a third of the way through somewhere around there so we're back with it Conscious partnership is the topic, answering your questions. And this is part two, like hopefully we can fit it <laughs> yeah. all in. It's looking at this point, like there could be a part three. Yeah, and you're we're answering these on a really good day because the day started off very rocky with the pup going nuts. I dropped my deodorant on the floor, glass went everywhere, and we've just been... Haven't we've, we've a rebounded. good day anyways. Yeah, it's been right? great. It's still been a good day. So We've had a couple roadblocks in making the podcast, but we've overcome <laughs> those and here we are. We're recording. We've got the video on, we got the audio on, and, and we got your cues. We're rolling. So, so let's go. Let's assume that everyone listening to this has already watched part one. Yeah, we don't want any skippers. Yeah, no here. budgers. Get if you didn't go watch to the first one, one. Get on back to it. Get on back to it. We see you over there trying to skip right to part two. So shout out Kelsey for being our number one question on the part two episode of Conscious Love. And Kelsey wanted to know a little bit more on how to remove the ego and limit emotional response and arguments. I love this question because I think for the most part, What's normal is to not even realize ego is getting wrapped up into an argument. And so I think, Kelsey, you're already halfway there, even just recognizing that there is that level of, you know, emotional response and emotional reactivity in the argument. And so I love that you brought up this question and want to know kind of how to step back and and kind of move beyond that stuff. Yeah, that's great. And definitely something that I think is probably the most important part in maintaining harmony through those rocky moments in a relationship when you are coming at an issue from two different angles. And I think one of the biggest things that we do a pretty good job of is 
we self-identify when we're feeling reactive before we have some kind of reactive response so that we can kind of catch ourselves before we say the thing or do the thing that we might regret. Mm. And I think that being able to feel any kind of reaction that you have and just label it like, oh, that's, that's my reactive side or that's my ego coming out to play. Being able to label it would you like name that out loud? Like if you're in Kelsey's shoes, is that like in your head you're doing that or is that or is that out loud? Either. I think that if your partner speaks the same language as you when it comes to this kind of stuff, like when you and I are having moments, you will actually say, oh, I'm feeling pretty irritable right now. Yeah. Give me a second. Yeah. Or like, I'm feeling frustrated. Give me a second. Before we... Because we know that there's really no productive conversation that can happen in that space. Mm -hmm. So I think that if your partner is also able to communicate in that way, that's great. But if maybe they're not there yet, you can also just mentally make that note and then give yourself some time to get back to a place where you can actually have a productive and less heated conversation. Yeah, I'm a big, big fan of, and I mentioned this on the last, uh, last episode, but I'm a big fan of just taking space. If you know you're feeling a lot and there's not, you know, a productive conversation is not going to happen in that place, then take the space and feel it first. And then you can come back and be a little bit more rational and understanding in the conversation. It's like a self-imposed timeout. <laughs> yeah. You're really good at I that. I will actually, and this might sound nuts, but in some cases, if I'm feeling just a little bit frustrated but i know it's enough to to affect how my conversation with sam would go i might actually just like sit in the room quietly and envision like the full gamut of that emotion like i've heard hmm. i don't remember where i heard this from but somebody on a podcast or some meditation guru i don't know they recommended actually like if you're feeling anger for example envision like an entire volcano like blowing up like as you're sitting quietly with your eyes closed and for me that just kind of puts it into perspective of like I this emotional response isn't even worth like it just seems so silly at that point right when you're when you just go 10 out of 10 with the emotion yeah right away it kind of allows you to fizzle it sooner mm -hmm. rather than it just kind of like simmering for hours that's really good conscious or that's really good mental framing too. being able to create that contrast, contrast between, okay, I have this path that I could take in this mm -hmm. conversation. Looking at that, maybe that's not the best way to go. <laughs> Let's choose something else. Yeah. Something that I find work really, that something that I find works really well for me is how if I feel particularly a the emotion of anger come up, recognizing that it's an indulgence to let it overtake me. I remember hearing the analogy once that anger is kind of like waves when you're surfing and you can be sitting there in the water on your, on your surfboard and you can have this wave come up behind you, but you can't actually ride it until you paddle and hop on your board. You can just sit there and let it come underneath you and, and move in front of you. And I think it's really powerful to recognize how, especially when anger comes up, that 
is an indulgence. It feels good at times to let yourself go into it. And it never gets the result that you're looking for. And it never leads to any kind of productive conversation around whatever the thing, whatever the issue is. Mm-hmm. So I think those are some really good recommendations like for you, if you are feeling that emotion in yourself and are able to recognize that and kind of take some space and process it before moving into conversation with your partner. But on the flip side, let's say it's your partner who is speaking and you're on the receiving end of this emotionally charged. In that case, like, I mean, we've, we're not perfect. Like we say, we've experienced this. And if that's the case, then something that's been really helpful for us has been this simple phrase of team vibes. Mm -hmm. And in Sam's and my relationship, we always go back to team vibes. And if, you know, we're working through something or planning something or um, one of us is frustrated and, you know, asking whatever of the other person, if it's really emotionally charged and doesn't seem like it's coming from the place of team vibes, then I would actually tell Sam, like, this isn't team vibes. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of like a safe word in our case of, oh yeah. And as soon as one of us says it, the other knows, oh yeah, you're right. Let me take it down a notch. So that's if you're on the receiving end of that kind of emotionally charged argument, um, a way that we've been able to navigate that. Mm. Take ego out of it, get back to partnership. Yeah, taking care of the team. (laughs) Teamwork makes the dream work. For sure. Moving on to the next question, Sarah Stoker asked, how long did it take you guys to create a conscious relationship? Well, a couple of days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a trick question because I don't, I think that it's a, it's a day-by-day process. It's having the self-awareness to catch yourself going into your old way of doing things before you actually go and do it. It's the process of being able to communicate with your partner what's coming up for you without actually attacking them for it and just being able to plainly objectively state this is what's happening this is what i'm feeling and coming to a solution together i think that what's important to this too when it comes to creating a conscious relationship i think the inputs that go into making a conscious relationship are what are you doing on a daily or weekly basis that is allowing you to create this safe space and this really authentic connection with the person that you're living with. Mm -hmm. Whether that's for us, I think some of the practices that are really important for us are meditating together. We spend so much time being active and working out together, um, really diving into vulnerabilities and and practicing radical honesty with each other like it's it's less i would the i would put more emphasis on what are you doing on a daily basis to create a conscious space with your partner rather than asking yourself oh how long is this going to take me because it's a never-ending process it's we'll always be creating this thing Mm -hmm. there's no end point 
And it's not like we were trying to have a conscious relationship and then we kind of like hit the mark and now we're in it. Mm. Like the second you decide that's what you want, you're in it. You're in a conscious relationship and you are working to constantly, constantly, constantly be on the same page, be in love. This is something that has been top of mind for me lately, like the phrase to be in love it's it's not necessarily this airy fairy romantic love story although sometimes it can be but if you take the phrase and kind of reframe it to be in love like you are in the presence of love and so everything you do with your partner do it with love and sometimes that's like hard conversations and like messy stuff but Mm. can you do that with love um, that's the real test. Yeah, that's the real test. And so we're Sarah. We're always creating this relationship. Sometimes it's one step forward, two steps back. But like this morning. <laughs> no, this morning it was fine. It was just me and Coda having a having a tough time. But I'd also say love languages can be huge with this. I uh, I know for me personally, like I'm a huge snuggle bug. I need cuddles and so something that we didn't always do when we first moved in together but now it's like it's like a non-negotiable it's like before we go to bed we just have a quick like we snuggle in bed Hmm. and I just like curl up on your shoulder and that's kind of like the reset right like no matter what happened during the day no matter how anything went it's like okay we're here we're good. We're team vibes. We're together. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting there is we both know that's more important to you than it is to yeah. me. Yeah. <laughs> but because that's something that you need to mm-hmm. to feel you know fully at home in this relationship, and by way of that, that's what we need to feel fully at home mm-hmm. as a unit. Then that's something that I'm always going to make time for. What's your love language? Physical back scratches. Yeah. You know it. <laughs> I know. I was... Love me a back scratch. <laughs> Any time of the day, any day of the week. I've got a back and you can scratch it. <laughs> For just so, this is just so funny. Literally any time. I could even just touch. Oh yeah, now, now you gotta finish the and job. And will just like melt immediately. <laughs> it's actually quite hilarious. So anyways, long story short, Sarah, fantastic question. How long does it take to create a conscious relationship as soon as you decide you want to be in one, you're in it? That's it. Congratulations. Do the work. Chelsea asks how to navigate the toxicity when you both love each other and can't walk away. The drama. This sounds like a a soap opera episode. Chelsea, I totally feel you on this question. And it can totally, totally suck to be in that space where you know there's something there or maybe there's history but you have this nagging like what if there is something else out there or you know what if it could be even better the red flag for me in this question is the word toxicity when you both love each other and can't walk away as soon as there's something toxic as soon as there's some toxic element you have to walk away especially if you've tried to work through it and you know one partner can't can't do it 
Mm-hmm. You've got to let go. And it can be really hard. It can totally suck. But for both of your benefit, you know, it's... For me, it seems selfish to maintain a relationship when you know it's not serving either of you. And my meter, I guess, has always been, and what I will tell my friends when they've asked me about, you know, stuff coming up in their relationships, are you happy and joyful and in love more often than you're in heartache and confusion Mm -hmm. and anxiety about the, the relationship? Yeah. Which side is the skill tipping? Which side is the skill tipping, girl? So, even if you're both dedicated to a conscious relationship, even if you're doing the work, if it's just sticky and hard and exhausting and toxic, you've got to walk away. I, I think a good question to ask yourself is, is this relationship helping me be the person I want to be in five, ten years from now? Yeah. And if there's any inkling of maybe not, then I think that's a pretty big red flag. Yeah. And sometimes the drama of it can become like an indulgence, right? Totally. Because yeah. we're it's that we're, same anger like indulging yeah. in the anger or indulging in the We're raised with these storylines and these movies and TV shows where there's all this heartache and drama and then it's this big celebration when you finally can make it work. But I just don't see how that's healthy. I don't see how that is something to love. Mm. And I think it's really damaging to people growing up watching that and celebrating that. Right. So, girlfriend, you got to be strong. You got to do it for you. You got to do it for him or her or they. they. (laughs) And just walk away. That's what I would say. Do it for they and walk away. Do it for they and walk away. All right. Thank you all for your questions. We've got more, but unfortunately, we've got to do another part Part three. Wow. There, there's a lot more meat on this bone than I thought there was going to be. Yeah. This is a good one. This is a hefty topic. The conscious lerve. This is what the people want to hear. And we're going to keep serving it up. We're going to keep serving it up. We'll probably have to kind of take some breaks in between getting these episodes out just so we can talk about some more stuff. But mm-hmm. again, thank you all for the questions. I truly hope this was helpful and I hope you took value out of it if you've got additional questions based off of the answers that we're giving in these episodes you know where to find us on instagram i'm at go with co he's at the real sejo send us your questions obviously this is just going to have to be a series so yeah we'll keep pumping them out but keep sending them our way and we'll keep firing them back at you thank you guys and we love you we'll see you soon